This episode is brought to you in part by BroadlyEpi.com. Whether you want to level up your public health or programming skills for free, want to rent a scientist, or just keep up to date with some of the latest research in public health, go check out BroadlyEpi.com. They also offer custom software solutions for both quantitative and qualitative data analysis and have some tools ready-made on the website. BroadlyEpi.com. Epidemiology, broadly speaking. Hello, listeners. This is Ty Vaughn, writer for Syntax and voice of Silas Caldwell. I'm thrilled to showcase our sponsors, the exceptional creative software suite, World Anvil. World Anvil is the one-stop shop for tabletop gamers, fantasy and sci-fi authors, or world-building enthusiasts who just can't wait to start getting some thoughts down. This is far from just a wiki editor. They have a number of tools and features available, including world-building templates, an RPG campaign manager, a novel writing and publishing tool, interactive map builders, timeline builders, and more. Your vast web of outlines, character plots, and family trees has a home waiting on World Anvil. Check out the full features using the link below or by visiting worldanvil.com. Subscribe using the promo code in the description of this episode and you'll get 51% off an annual subscription, and you'll be directly supporting the creation of TSP Network shows. Thanks in advance for checking it out. Brought to you by Twin Strangers Productions. Go look Welcome back to 66.6, Cryptid Counselor. Apologies for the long wait, dear creepy crawlies. After the last interview, there were some lingering complications. But we're back, and I'm very pleased to bring you a special guest. Don't get into a staring contest with them, listeners, or you may find yourselves drawn into the glassy-eyed gaze of Twee, the Dollmaker. Oh no! Greetings, Counselor. Please, um, just host is fine. What brings you to our show, Twee? Hmm. You stink of it too. I beg your pardon? Unsure, tired, bored of insanity, stretching. For comfort, for stability, and yet there is nothing to be done. Death is temporary, but pain is inevitable. Strange sawdust. That sounds like a lot to be going through. Maybe we no, could... No, no. I... Taste this from you. Your fear is bland, odd, temporary. You know you'll be back. You only 
fear the feeling of the nail before it stops your heart. The coffin holds no sway over you. Oh. Are you referring to how I keep showing up here time after time, despite how often something eats me or incinerates me or tears me to shreds or uses any of a myriad number of other ways to murder me? It makes you taste stale. Fear of pain is so shallow. Fear of death is sweeter, but you would embrace it if only you could. No, I shall not be making a doll for you today. Uh, that's too bad. I was so looking forward to it, too. Lies do not become you, counselor. But enough. I have come to talk. That is such a relief to hear, and that is surely no lie. How can we try to help you? Let me explain first. I am a doll maker. This much you already know. I sit and I watch happy little flesh and bloods until something changes. And I taste it. The air around them changes. Their eyes grow wide. Sometimes they scream. Everyone is different, but something awakens inside them. Fear. Delicious fear. But not all fears are the same. They taste different to you? Mm-hmm. Some are sharp and shrill. Some are deep and dogged. Every fear is just a little bit different. I see a woman, scared of spiders, dreams of being caught in a web, wrapped up and poisoned, drained of all her life. Hmm. Reminds me of a past guest. I look and I taste until the feeling is memorized. Then I start to spin. I weave a body of cloth, long legs, black and hairy, very fine hairs. They catch the breeze and give a tingling sensation. Or so I've seen fangs of ivory glistening with venom, many eyes shiny and empty. Once my doll is done, I leave it for them to find, and they always pick it up. What happens then? The doll eats it up, takes it all in, becomes drenched in the scent. The longer they look, 
the better it tastes. Some take it home. Some run away. But I always pick it up later and put it on my shelf. I have many shelves with so many smells. Wait, what happens to the person you gave the doll? Sometimes their fear is stronger, sometimes lesser. I cannot. The doll is not for them. The dolls are for me. Oh, I see. This is a little more benign than I had expected. Sometimes a doll starts to lose its scent. Oh no, I spoke too soon. So I send it back to the one who so graciously gave off their scent. And they remember, and they fear, and I pick it up again, until I need to find another home for the doll. And then I find someone with a scent like the firsts. It's a fun game, Counselor. I need the fear. Lovely. <laughs> what happens if they destroy the doll? I do not let anyone destroy the dolls. I, I see. <clears throat> I am very good at making dolls. I've been doing it for a long time. Even replaced my blood with stuffing and my bones with wood. As long as I keep repairing myself, sewing the breaks and oiling the joints, I can keep doll making. But there are problems. Ah, we come to it at last. What's troubling you? There are two ways a scent can be off. I have found a time or two before someone whose fear was rancid. It sat for so long it's become rotten. They are no longer truly afraid, but have dreaded for so long that they welcome the chance at release. Death is a friend whom they long to see. Like you, Counselor. No point in denying it, I suppose, for one is keen on emotions as you seem to be. You are far from the only one. The more these flesh and bloods know, the less they fear and dread. This Stench isn't sharp. It isn't satisfying. If I made a doll with that smell, it would be a trash doll. It would keep it far away from the others. 
it is no fit scent for me. You said there were two problems. I pride myself on my work, Counselor. I have long known how to make the best dolls for the best scents. But now, I must watch many before I make anything. And it is getting harder to keep the old dolls ready. I must search far and wide before I can fix even one doll. And two more have gone stale meanwhile. I cannot keep up anymore. Counselor, I have made bad dolls. Bad dolls? Whatever do you mean? They are ineffective. These creatures are harder to read, this batch. They are changing faster and faster, more so than in all my doll-making days. I can barely keep up, and I've made a few failures. These dolls receive nothing at all, or something I don't need. I've brought them with me to show you. Uh, oh, that must be what the sack is for. <laughs> I was worried. Yes. Why are you worried? I'm not a sack monster. I'm a doll maker. My mistake. This is Lila. Oh, it looks like a barista, complete with coffee cup and apron. A barista? Is that what they're called? It was making hot and cold liquids for the flesh and bloods. Most didn't seem to mind it. Welcomed it, in fact. But I saw one. All the signs were there. The scent was fresh and pungent. Fear of loss, I thought. It was sweet, but distant, far off, almost hard to find. But I found it. Not much, but I was desperate. I made this doll, little porcelain cup, nylon covering. I don't like new material often, but I thought I would try it. I wanted it to be shinier. Matches the look of this apron, you called it? They had trouble looking into their eyes, so I worked especially hard on those. Very lifelike, you can see. I'm having trouble making eye contact with it as well. <laughs> but when I set Lila down... There was nothing. Nothing! It irritated me. This is... They are fine craftsmanship. I can see why you would be disappointed. Lila is very... unnerving. Thank you. Hmm... I may have an inkling about what's going on, but let's see the others. 
they may be able to help me come to a solid conclusion. Very well. This is orange. Orange? It looks like an anthropomorphic phone. Phone, yes. It is made to look like a phone. I heard one of the creatures say something about apples and oranges. Some phones are apples. I don't know why. This is an orange. All my dolls are close, but not there. A little off. Different. It helps get a better scent sometimes. Indeed. I followed a creature that kept a phone with them. Any time it made a noise, the scent wafted over me pleasantly. They would look and then set it down, and the smell was full of anxiety, worry, fear for the future. The little creature was buying time. And yet, they kept the phone with them at all times. The sound it made would change from time to time. Maybe I thought one day the sound would be a particular one, and it would be what they feared most. So I made this doll. Blank-faced, stubby arms and legs, but more importantly... Every now and again... <gasps> its face lights up! Oh, and it makes an awful racket, too! You are as annoyed by it as they were. Instead of fear, there was simple vexation. No use at all. They hid it away and just tried to prevent the noise. But there was no fear. I tried different sounds. Just more failure. I'm afraid this confirms my earlier theory. But are there any more? One more. That's... Huh? A preacher. Yes. It's got a little book and says things. See? That makes them afraid, sometimes. I had to be stern with one flesh and blood when they tried to burn this doll. They were so angry, even I did not stay long. Anger is no use to me. <sighs> There's a lot to unpack with this one. It is already unpacked out of the sack, Counselor. No, that's uh, not what I mean. I, I mean that... Uh, let's, let's see. All right. Twee, I think I understand the problem that you face. Go on, Counselor. As the flesh and bloods, as you call them, have developed, they've started to be less and less afraid of everyday things. The corporeal things. Their fears are now also developed and have become related to their social structures. 
social? Humans, flesh and bloods, however you want to call them, have an intricate, invisible web now that binds them together. It has expectations and duties for them to perform. You've seen how humans run around, worried about things like food or water. They are busy, like little bees, many times. Exactly, exactly. But now there are unseen constraints, which are, in their minds, just as important as their sustenance. Let's look at your dolls. For examples, Lila here. The person you were offering the doll to wasn't afraid of the barista. But I caught the scent. What was it? It's hard to say precisely without being there, but I imagine they had some form of social connection to that particular coffee brewer, or wanted one. There was something that they were worried would be denied. An infatuation. Or perhaps they were intimidated by their presence. These feelings can get really tricky. Social infatuation? These are foreign words to me. Hmm. Let's move on to, uh, orange. The phone. This might be a little easier. Part of the social construct comes with ties you don't necessarily want to have. Some humans are undesirable to speak with, and yet they will try all the same. Maybe it's business, or a family member you'd rather not talk to, but humans use these phones to talk to each other, and they nowadays can look at the front to decide if they want to or not. Oh! If the person calling is undesirable, that can lead to feelings of fear or apprehension. That momentary drop where you wonder who it is, and then the solid plunk of realizing it's someone you don't want to speak with. What decides if it's good or bad? That is very much up to each individual uh, flesh and blood. There are as many reasons as there are humans. Oh no. There are a lot of them. Yes, unfortunately. Uh, this last one is quite difficult to explain. The humans have a tenuous grasp on the invisible things of the many, many worlds out there, and oftentimes they get the stories very mixed up. Or sometimes they get it exactly right. Either way, that can be horrifying to them. At last! Something I can use. But you'd have to have a grasp of religion for that. Or at least the kinds of religion that horrify people. What is religion? A belief system pertaining to the uh, supernatural. Hmm, that's going to be difficult to explain, too. I'm talking to a doll that makes dolls. Uh, let's see. Do you know what gods are? What are gods? Oh, dear. Like a creator, I suppose. Creator? I don't remember a creator. I made myself. I carved the wood of my limbs, stained it to last longer, and became inanimate. Immortal as long as I replace my pieces, 
I was flesh and blood once, but no more. The former body, I don't remember it. <laughs> that body's makers must be long dust. Right. Well, doesn't look like any of these are going to be an easy explanation. The point is, the things people are afraid of now are more intangible. I'm sure a spider will still scare a fair number of people, but... It is not enough anymore. I have tried. And I cannot make dolls of things I cannot see. Even I am not skilled enough for that. At least... I won't be able to learn before I start to wear down. Without the taste of fear, I will last a long time, but my grip loosens on this body, and my self starts to vanish. I will eventually become just a doll once more. I'm so sorry I couldn't be of more help. Sad, too. Your dolls are quite well made, and would look right at home in a haunted house, maybe. What is a haunted house? Oh, it's a place where people go to get scared. Flesh and bloods choose to be scared in these houses? Yes. Yes, actually. Yes, they do. There are quite a few who delight in being spooked. Or, rather, take their friends to watch them be afraid of whatever is in the house. I'm absolutely positive dolls play a central role in many a haunted house as well. Twee, maybe you could leave your dolls in these houses and see if they would work for you. Maybe. Maybe it will work. I would like to see a haunted house. A place drenched in fear. That sounds lovely. I will try it. Thank you, Counselor. No problem. I hope it works out for you, Mike. I will leave you orange. In gratitude. I cannot use it anymore anyway. It is a bad doll. Goodbye. <clears throat> well, that could have gone a lot worse, I suppose. A lot worse. Well, I hope you enjoyed that, Creepy Crawlies. And until next time... Oh, for void's sake. How do I... How do I shut this thing off? I... I can't break it, or Twee might do something about it. Uh, let's just put it... There we are. Until next time, I'm your host! Oh, Stella! Oh, buddy old pal Stella! I have a present for you. I don't want it. Oh, but I thought you were hoping for a new phone. You know I'm back there listening to you this whole time, right? I didn't think for a moment you paid any attention. 
I'm flattered. Was that sarcasm or the siren song? I can break your neck again to find out either way. <clears throat> Who is my next guest? A boss? An old friend. Oh, no. Pretty bad. Oh, no! Yes. Pretty bad. Have problems. Ask counselor for help. Uh, uh. Oh. Pretty bad. Have daughter. Daughter like knitting. Pretty bad. Destroy anything by accident. Pretty bad, feel like. So, how fix? <clears throat> well, let's see what we can do for you, big fellow. I'm sure there's some fireproof board games around here somewhere. Monster Radio is a podcast by Twin Strangers Productions and is licensed under an attribution share like 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Stella Odom and written by Ty Vaughn. The host is played by Ty Vaughn. Twee was played by Lucian S. Find out more about us on our Twitter account at Monster Radio Pod or our production account at Twin Strangers P. New episodes every other Thursday. And you can also watch our other podcast, Syntax, on the break weeks. You can find out more about that at syntaxpodcast.com. Thanks for listening, or whatever.